to another episode of That's a Wrap, a Raptors podcast for fans, by fans. With me, it is just the CJ today, or the PJ rather. You're the PJ, right? I'm the PJ, man. Come on. You're the PJ. Uh, I'm used to saying CJ's PJs. It just doesn't make sense anymore. Like That's if fair. I'm talking to like, you know, like an employee at Walmart, it's like, excuse me, where do you have your CJ's PJ? I mean, <laughs> your PJs, like just, it's already in broiled in my brain yeah so. yeah no that's fair no yeah you got you got andreas babilak is here and you also got here right here jay lung with sans the first jay sans cj uh he is actually you know getting drunk i think right now getting awards and stuff i'm okay with that like you do you jay we miss you bro get hammered for all of us i was gonna say he was doing the Kawhi leonard approach where we uh we kind of let him rest for the for the one game here and there so he's back in full force the next one yeah maybe that's what he's doing <laughs> yeah he's, doing. <laughs> he's just he's taking rests and speaking shots. of which and uh not not the basketball kind uh, <laughs> he's, he's not practicing yeah but uh speaking of rest and Kawhi and all of that how in the hell is this road trip that we're doing today it is the last day we were in sacramento uh we're gonna do the podcast before the game because it's stupidly late we've we've got stuff to do tomorrow how are we killing it so badly without any lick of Kawhi? i don't i honestly like how we're playing is magnificent we've never swept a four-game road trip uh out west ever and this is again in preferences we are Recording this right before the Sacramento game on a Wednesday. And hopefully they do actually sweep so we can come back next week and talk about how we just swept a Western uh, road trip. But yeah, man, like it's it's incredible. And there are so many factors that that has happened and that we can break down. And it could take, you know, hours upon hours. But let's first start with the impressive and the I just the stats that that Serge Ibaka is putting up like it's it's crazy he's playing out of his mind let's let's just look at the last three games all right he went six for 12 plus 11 and then he went 12 for 15 in the LA game he was plus 32 and he went eight for eight the last game he was plus seven this guy is going out of his mind and he only didn't do more because he fouled out and do you know why Perhaps he fouled out because the Jazz were all over him. And you want to know why they were all over him? Because the NBA just woke up after the last couple of games and said, oh my God, Serge Ibaka is not just back to his true form like we saw him on OKC, but this might be the best he's ever been. Because on OKC, he was still, what, next to Hart, Durant, Westbrook. And he's basically been promoted to one of the starting centers, you know, depending on the game and the matchup. It's between him and JV. There was a point where Serge Ibaka had double the points that the Lakers had before the first quarter finished. The Lakers had 10 at one point, and Serge Ibaka had like 20. He had 22 points. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, he, he outscored the entire Lakers uh, first starting lineup and bench and everything. It, that first quarter was the most impressive I've seen the Raptors in years. In years. I think, what, they ended up at like 41 and 17. Like, that was a was score. 42 and, or something, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Like, I've never heard the Staples Center crowd that silent in my life. Like, that, it, it was incredible to watch. Whenever I watch a Raptors game that when they're on the road, I always see if there's, you know, Raptors fans. And there are Raptors fans everywhere around the, around the country. And mm-hmm. to hear Let's Go Raptors in the Staples Center... Come on, man. That's sweet. And not to be disrespectful in any sort of way, but, you know, 
with the Lakers, part of the reason why you watch is just to see what celebrity is there and who showed up just to see the star-studded crowd, star-studded team. Poor Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard looked like they wanted to kill. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was brutal. I felt so badly for them because, like, they, the, you know, what happens is they wait a bit before they show the celebrities, and then at the end of the quarter, it's like, well, here's some some stuff to work as filler. Uh, you know, so whoever, whoever is in the crowd today, yeah, Jack Nicholson's always here. Yeah, but look, we also have Shia LaBeouf, whatever. So they cut to them when the Lakers were being destroyed, 42-17. 22 of those points were single-handedly by one person who's not even an all-star. They looked pissed. Yeah, <laughs> they looked great, really man. bad. They had, I think it was there was Denzel was there. Dustin Hoffman was there. You got Odell Beckham beside the LA bench, and he was wearing a, I think, more than an athlete or the chosen or some kind of LeBron t-shirt. And the entire game, I didn't see his face. I just saw his blonde streaks, hair, because he was just looking at his phone the whole time. Nobody was interested in that game beside the Raptors fans that were there. Like it was not even LeBron. Not even LeBron. You're right. Yeah. Um. He. I don't know what his stats were, but when Luke Walken des- decided not to put him in in the last uh, few minutes when LA was making a run, at first I was a little confused, but then I realized they were doing well without LeBron on the floor. Whenever LeBron was on the floor, they were doing like crap. You know, and and. It's just just strange to see someone like LeBron that we've seen years and years and years of them him just destroying us single-handedly. It is the regular season, and we've seen this before. Come playoff time, he's probably going to turn another gear if the Lakers do actually make the playoffs. But, I mean, that that was a beatdown. Like, that LA game was a straight-up beatdown. And it was off a of back-to-back, too. Was it? No, 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 no. It yeah, was the first of the back-to-back. It was the start of the back-to-back. So they were even going to Utah, and a lot of teams would, you know, already think about their uh, second game of the back-to-back. But no, they went in L.A., took care of business. They went into Utah, which is obviously a trap game because Utah is a really hard crowd uh, to play in. They beat that, and, uh, like, they're 3-0 and on this trip. Hopefully, they're going to be 4-0 and by tomorrow. It's It's kind of crazy to see. So... What about Lowry? What do you think? How, how do you think Lowry is playing right now? Before I get into Lowry, can I just do two uh, quick takeaways from LeBron with the Lakers before we move on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Two quick things. First off, I think somebody calculated, and I'm not Jay, I don't have the numbers and I can't crunch them for you effectively, but somebody did a calculation that was like, when LeBron's on the court, I think they're more negative than when he's not on the court like the team's more positive and i think that even shows with the fact that toronto lost three quarters to them but because of that first quarter where he was like their head honcho the whole time i'm not to say that it's his fault but they never effectively caught up secondly uh somebody else on i think it was reddit or something you know some random user they brought up a good point where this is what LeBron's kind of done the last couple of years where if a game's not going his way, he'll kind of just wait it out, wait it out. And you saw this last year where the Cavs seemingly looked awful, like wound their way back up even before all of the trades and stuff. Like LeBron had a resurgence and brought them back up. But somebody said you can't do that in the East or you can't do that in the West like you can in the East because in the West, the 6th and 12th seed are all divided by like what. Two games. Whereas in the East, you know, there might be a five game difference. 
it's not going to be that easy to pull off the same thing. So we'll see if the Lakers, if they continue this kind of route and that, that kind of same mentality where he reserves his energy despite the fact that he has to pull the team, can even bring them back to the playoffs. But having said that, to answer your question, Kyle Lowry, even when he's not pumping up the numbers that he was showing at the start of the season, is killing it. I haven't seen this level of consistency, sheer consistency, even in their not-so-good moments, ever, I think, where Lowry is... Because when DeRozan was still on the team and Lowry, it would be like, well, if he's having an off night, this guy could step in. If this guy's having an off night, he could step in. Even when Lowry's having a seemingly off night, he's still impactful. He's not a complete dot on the floor. I think this is the best season Lowry's ever had. What do you think? Absolutely. With the Raptors. Looking at his stats and his career, he's averaged six assists per game. You know what he's averaging now? 11.5. He's playing MVP level. He's he's definitely playing at least top five, not if not top three player in the NBA, and he should definitely be considered in the MVP race. Again, it's only uh, 11 games in, but you're talking about a team that the biggest acquisition was Kawhi. And mm-hmm. of course, you got Danny Green, who's also playing really well. He's getting like four or five threes a game. Um, but the thing is, Kyle Lowry is the engine of this team. And you're right. When DeRozan was there, it was more like, let's pass, let's give it to DeRozan. Let's get his game going. If his game's not going, I have to force my game in order to get going. So I feel like he's playing a lot more freely without DeRozan. Of course, DeRozan killing it right now with the Spurs. And we all knew that he was going to thrive um, in the Popovich system. But for Lowry, I feel like he also loves having two all-star caliber base coming off the bench for one another too, uh, which is where most of his assists come from anyways. And he's trusting his teammates more and more. And he, he's trusting other people to bring up the ball, like Siakam and Van Vliet, so he doesn't really have to dominate the ball all the time. And giving that trust to your teammates is that leadership that this team needs and a lot of team uh, teams need now too. So uh, if you're thinking about the most important player uh, most valuable player on a team, Lowry is, bar none, the best player in the East right now. That I, I would say probably Giannis is is right behind him, but Kyle Lowry is killing it, man. I would argue Giannis is better, but he's right behind him, Lowry. Like I think it's a highly debatable topic which one's better than who, but the fact that you see a lot of people on you know social media pages and, and whatnot not taking Lowry seriously, except for when his assist pops up and he's leading the league where you know like one game he's had like 15 assists on average as you said it's like 11 um 11.5 he's got the most accumulated exactly he's got the most accumulated as well he's like well ahead of the pack i think mm-hmm. those are crazy numbers you know somebody looks at phil mcgee who obviously in his own right is like a fish out of water it's getting 3.5 dunks, a, or like not dunks, blocks a game. It's JaVale McGee. He could be dunking as well. But 3.5 <laughs> blocks a game? That's insane. But I, in that same breath, to see somebody who, I think when it's somebody like Kyle Lowry, who's you know on a team like Toronto that you know has a loving fan base, but outside of it, you know maybe sports analysts are showing some love too, but I, I don't think a huge great deal of people are because it's not like a flashy Westbrook. It's not like a a Yanis who somehow can like alley oop with his hand 
300 degrees behind his head and he does like a complete windmill over the entire crowd. Like, right, you know, right. I don't know how he does it, but um, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's because we're the only Canadian team. And I'm not sure, but Lowry's killing it and he's blossoming in the same way that like, you know, you see JaVale going from, you know, unfortunately, like the goof level, despite the fact that I think he's always had some sort of worth to him. Just, you know, I think he's hilarious. Now the world's seeing it, but like, what if this guy who he's climbing the ladder to work his way up to becoming like the next best thing? And if he continues this growth, and let's say all goes well in Toronto, everybody stays, and this chemistry keeps going, perhaps he himself could become a, a superstar because this guy is consistent. He's be, he's become a much smarter player now. Not just playing with his heart, he still has the heart though. I think he's sensational and he's just further cementing himself as one of my all time favorite rap in franchise history. I don't disagree. I mean, I feel like every year we are a little bit skeptical of what Kyle can bring. We've seen, uh, you know, he, he's plateaued, he's uh, I we feel like you know he's going to start declining, but every single year he's gotten better and better and better. And, and even when DeRozan was on our team, we always said that DeRozan adds something to his game, like his shooting or not, not his shooting, but more so his dribbling, his passing, his rebounding. He always added something. I feel like low key Kyle has also added something every, every year. Uh, he's always done well with his conditioning. He's taken more charges. He's looking for more uh, players for his assists. You see it in the impact uh, in the game, you know, and how he impacts his, his teammates as well and the little things he does uh to to win the game like the hustle plays and the intensity that he has every game you see this you see this now especially with the rosen gone and with Ka- with Ka- uh, Kawhi not playing as many games as we want to but Kyle Lowry is is on another level now and like he he's not Stephen Curry I'm not saying that uh but I would definitely give him the top 5 player right now but mm-hmm. but before we go any further, let's do some J versus Dre. What do you think? Uh, uh, sure, let's do it. Yeah, all right, let's do it. All right, guys. So if you don't remember this for last uh, from the last pod, we had J uh, or CJ. Uh, V's versus Dre, and they talked about what did you guys talk about again last last week? I don't know, but I lost. Yeah, <laughs> putting you um, the mediator, I lost. But guess what? There's no mediator this time. So guess what? I won't true. win, but neither will you. So at least the Dre. stalemate is good enough. <laughs> well, maybe if if uh, Jay does listen to this podcast, he would he'll he'll be the mediator, and he'll let us know tomorrow or the next day. How about that? But for this from, episode, from the bleachers, it'll be like. Jason <laughs> Thanks, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dre, you're just gonna go o four whenever for however long we do this pod, man. For this for this episode, we're gonna go. Who would you rather have on your team right now, Surge or JV? I pick JV. Persuade me of taking Surge over JV. Go for it, Serge Ibaka. My God, Serge Ibaka. So. It's not just the fact that he's putting up crazy numbers, and this is the player that we've talked about this on the podcast before, that Masai wanted a couple years ago to go up against LeBron. He certainly helped our team. Don't get me wrong. But now that we've got Nurse, we've got this new non-concrete starting five that can have its ebbs and flows and shift. It's not quite a death lineup, but it's it's ever-changing 
we can rely on different core elements. We've got this guy who brings a couple of things. First off, a tenacity that he's always had, but is at least giving him the numbers that we expected now. I mean, this guy is killing it. Secondly, a few veteran players come to mind when I see somebody like Serge Ibaka. The passion and love for the city, the, the crazy, almost metallic core defense of somebody like Junkyard Dog from back in the day. We have almost like a Dennis Rodman level of self-sacrifice or like a Charles Barkley self-sacrifice where he's getting fouled out of the game, but he's giving it his every all every every second. And even on his off nights, points wise, he's killing it rebounds wise. He's killing it blocks wise. He's getting in everybody's faces. He's still causing a stir. He's still getting many fouls. He's still getting fouled out. And you can say that getting a lot of fouls is a bad thing, but when he's getting those fouls, it's never for nonsensical reasons he's always in the opponent's face he's always a threat this guy is having not even just a career resurgence he's getting a new one that he hasn't quite had since okc where it's like damn okay this book this guy is an essential element to this team now so that's my take on on you know sir sir jabaka uh, i can see the comparison with charles charles uh oakley when he was on our team uh oakley the- too yeah when I was he, thinking Barkley, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, he, he, he kind of he's that enforcer. Um, he's always in people's faces. I agree, um, but it wasn't until this year that I kind of saw the potential. And it could be the the Nick Nurse uh, system that he's in, and he can flourish now. But I gotta go with JV, and here's the reason why: one, he's the longest tenure Raptor, six years and counting. Okay, do you remember? I think it was two years ago uh, when when there was talks about JV uh, and a Drummond trade, like just a swap. And there was this open gym episode where you see JV going to hug uh, Masai because that trade didn't go through. And JV goes to Masai is like, thank you. Thank you so much for not trading me. I won't let you down. And that made me love JV so much more. Not that I didn't love him already, but he, he his love for the game, his love for the city. We've never really had this type of center before. Like he he is a center. Like he's not a four. He is a five, and he knows what he can bring. And every year he's he's always tried to improve his his shot. And now you can see that he's uh, going out to the three point line, improving that shot too. Uh, not only that, but. This year, he's ex- he's accepting his role off the bench. You know he's a starter. We all know he's a starter, especially when he's cooking bench players from like L.A. When he had to play uh, versus Ivaka Zubak, every single time down the floor, he was like, give me the ball, give me the ball, I'm going to destroy this guy, give me the ball, it doesn't matter. He knows this, and we all know that he's a starter, but he's coming off the bench for the betterment of the team, also because Serge is killing it right now, but he he's accepting his role, you know, and... Even uh, in his bench role, he's playing about, what, like 20, 25 minutes per game. He's still going to give you a 20 and 10. Like, that, that's incredible. And before, when in his, in his younger days, when he was dribbling, um, when he gets the ball in, I guess, the low post and he starts dribbling the basketball, everyone's kind of tensing up, right? I, I remember feeling that when he's like dribbling the ball, it's like, oh, there's, there's going to be a turnover. Not anymore. Give, every time when uh, we see, like, the Raptors shoot you know, three or four three-pointers and every one of them are bricks, give the ball to JV. I can collectively hear everybody in Toronto watching the game say, just give the ball to JV, slow the, slow the game down, let him get a bucket, and we'll all restart. He's that 
centerpiece. Talking about Lowry as a leader, JV is that centerpiece that kind of balances everything. So that's why I'm going to go with JV. I mean, this this is Jay versus Dre. I, f- I feel like we're just kind of both in love with Surge and JV right now. But regardless, Jay, let us know who wins. We're keeping tally right now. Um, the, yeah, man, I, I, I take Jay. I still, honestly, I would, if I, if I was strapped to the chair, uh, gun in my hand, I'd go JV over Surge. But, you know, tell us what you think, guys. Tweet us. Jay, let us know which one you think. I'm still going with Surge myself, but. I guess, in short, uh, with both of our assessments, uh, JV was a slow grower to get to where he was, and he's made it. And Surge, there's a burst that that we didn't quite expect that came out of nowhere. Yes, sir. I think that's basically how we both feel about that. But uh, enough about that kind of rambling. Why don't we uh, you know, continue our diarrhea of the mouth and spill the tea? Let's <laughs> spill some tea because there's some stuff this week, Hell isn't there? Yeah. So, okay, I'm sure you guys heard about this, but Kyrie Irving got fined 25000 for throwing the ball in the stands. Why did he throw the ball in the stands? Because fellow Canadian Jamal Murray torched him with 48 points. Also, Boston had a, a blew a 15-point lead, so he was probably kind of salty, Kyrie, I mean. And Jamal Murray, at the end of the shot clock, or at the end of the game, I know there's an unspoken rule of, you know, don't, don't be a douche and, and you should dribble out the ball when you know that you're going to win. But Jamal Murray... Tied the franchise or tied the record for most points for a Canadian at 48, tied with Steve Nash, and nobody's guarding him. Okay, he's dribbling at around like half court, nobody's guarding him. He knows that he has the he's tied the record, he's at home, everyone's cheering him on. And I'm all for Jamal going for that three, nobody's guarding you, right? And then, so when Kyrie is gonna say, you know, that's immature and that's not how you should play basketball, all, all this, all this nonsense. I'm like, well, you've seen, you guys, you've seen the Instagram, you've seen the tweets. Like, don't let him get 48 if you don't want him to shoot for 50. Like, who's being disrespectful here? Who's being immature right now? You're the one who's throwing the ball to the stands. And that, I don't know about you guys, I don't know about, you know, NBA players, but just like how. In hockey, when you get your when you get your like career first hat trick or you get your first goal or your I, I I don't know how it is you you want to take the puck right same like here Jamal probably wants to keep that ball in and bring it back to Kitchener or wherever he's from and cement it in like you know a cabinet with his family but you're gonna throw the ball in the stands like twenty five thousand dollars is chump change for you anyways and I don't know it's it's just. It's just a petty move by Kyrie, and it, it, I, I would say, like on social media, seventy-five or eighty percent is all on Jamal's side. And good thing for him, he hasn't really said anything. And the twenty percent are for Kyrie, and those twenty percent are Boston fans being salty for where their record right now. Don't get me wrong; a lot of the NBA has been about trash talking, being disrespectful to a point. But I think there's a there's a certain line that gets crossed and the throwing the ball wasn't just being tedious or as you said pet it was because that ball meant something to somebody else and you couldn't handle i think there's a difference between what kevin garnett says you know like well actually things i can't say on here <laughs> but <laughs> when, when he says fine when he says some things, I, I, I do you watch um, Area 21. I need one of those cuss buttons, except yeah. <laughs> it'll just mute so you won't even see me doing it. You know, an audio doesn't work. But you know, when he trash talks or when Charles Barkley trash talks or when Michael Jordan says, I'm going to score 50 on you, 
and then he scores exactly 50. There's still like five minutes in the game. He said, no, I'm just going to sit. I scored 50. I don't need to score more. I scored 50. That's a little different. But it's something like this. The best course of action, even though you could call it a sportsman, like people are so hard on LeBron James for not shaking hands after a game and he just leaves. But if it's going to be something like this, where you are a superstar player, I think Kyrie Irving uh, unquestionably is one of the best players of our time. Future Hall of Famer, I, I honestly believe. I don't think he's going to fizzle out anytime soon. I think he's going to go out with a bet whenever his time comes. But this is just... Like, Salt doesn't even begin to describe it. It's it's disrespectful. Yeah, chump change, 25,000, but that's not even the point of it. The point of it is you took something away during somebody else's big moment. And for that, you know, I'll show some slight disrespect to you as well. Um, your action kind of went the way you view the world. Fly. Anyways, <laughs> uh, what other tea do we have? Very good, very good. All right, so let's let's move on to LA. Wilson, or no, Tyson Chandler has signed with the LA Lakers. Uh, what do you? I view th- this as the ending of Shawshank Redemption. He's finally out of Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> he escaped. Very I feel nice, so badly nice. for him. I feel so badly for him. Like but, whenever I watched. I mean, you know. he did. I, I thought that tandem with him and uh, Jamal Crawford was pretty good for for that team, especially a young team like like the Suns who needed who needed a uh, veteran presence. But going to L.A., I mean, you're going to a team that is full of vets and probably loud loud speaking vets. And I don't know if this is going to help. I I feel like um, a lot of people think that assigning Tyson Chandler is going to help the LA Lakers. I just, I don't see how much is he going to play over Jamel McGee. I mean, he is a, an upgrade to Zubac. That's for sure. But I mean, like, okay, sure. If, if, if you think Tyson Chandler is going to be the, uh, that voice in, in the locker room that is so needed, then, then fine. I just don't think he's going to win you enough games to make it, to the playoffs or you know make it eighth or seventh seed it's funny because i looked up you know whenever we pull up a name i i try to google it i quickly pull up some stats or wikipedia pages or recent articles and i saw a couple where it's like tyson chandler is the piece that lebron james needs to and it's like nah because <laughs> like, tyson <how>? chandler <laughs> Tyson Chandler is 37. He's far past his prime. Was he even starting for the Suns? No. I don't I, I don't know because I unfortunately don't watch a lot of Suns games anymore. But Yeah, they're um, quite past the Steve Nash, uh, Sean Marion days. Or yeah. Mario Stoudemire days, no? I don't know. They're past the Shaquille O'Neal days. Oh, man. I forgot. Like... I forgot that he was on that team for a second, for a hot second. Did you remember he was on the Cavs? I do. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just making sure, because that, that one is like, uh, he was on the Cavs with LeBron? Anyways. Um, <laughs> he was on the Cavs with uh, Danny Green, too. Danny Green was a, a rookie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, because uh, Danny Green started off in Cleveland, right? So, right. Um, how is this? Again, this is some sort of sensationalism. But, I mean, LeBron is one of the all-time greatest players. He's the greatest player currently. I don't care if he's not in his prime right now. Last year, he said otherwise. But the sensationalism around trying to make every... Like, if he's having a bad year, and I feel like this is perhaps why, because, you know, maybe I've been too hard on LeBron James with, you know, his need to be the GM and the coach and all of that. Maybe it's because he's got everybody on his ass all the time. Like, why can't he just 
have a team that might suck. He's there for his kid, right? Isn't that why he went to Los Angeles, you know, for the movie deals, you know? Space Jam so, 2, Friday the 13th, 5. <laughs> yeah, he's not there for the Lakers, guy. He is and he isn't. But maybe he's there because he wants to be, like, a part of one of the greatest dynasties of all time next to Boston. That's a J versus Dre another day. Uh, the, the East versus West. But, look, I, I just said that this was a Shawshank Redemption. Tyson Chandler, who, of course... I have a soft spot for because he was on Dallas, especially the championship Dallas. He's not breaking ground anytime soon. He's not exactly shifting the world. Like, let me just scroll down to his stats. He's so far out of his prime. This is like somebody you would get, as you said, like a veteran presence. But we're looking at the Lakers. How much veteran presence do they need? They have LeBron James, for God's sakes, next to, despite his difficulty, or Jean Rondo. I'd argue at this point, Javel McGee has a presence. Luke Walton, for God's sakes, is technically a presence as a coach. W- whether you view him as a good coach or not, I don't know. But, you know, you're looking at, he's getting like six points a game now. You know, when he was in Dallas, he was getting, you know, 10. You know, he's more of like a defensive player, but like, I don't know. He's still consistent, but like the missing piece. This is what LeBron James needs to win. No, if this was like DeAndre Jordan, if they did a trade with with the Mavericks, it'd be like, okay, now I have JaVale and DeAndre Jordan. That's scary. Right. You know, because you could flip on whatever team. You are going super defensive. Are you going the lanky guy that can do some crazy tricks, right? With JaVale McGee. Either way, it's a little scary. But I don't know. Chandler, like he's, he's good, but he's... Well past his prime. That's like when San Antonio got Tracy McGrady and it was like, oh, yeah, that's going to bring the team to like championship mode. No, he was like on the bench, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, if if you think Tyson Chandler is going to be that voice over all the other voices that are probably in the locker right now. All right. All right, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out, man. But at least real, he's a humble player. But let's think. Let's let, let's wrap up. Uh, let's start talking about the next few games. Uh, obviously, what in about like half hour you got the you got the Rams versus the Kings. Uh, the Kings are six and four. They're they're actually playing really really well right now. They're six Everybody in the West. Everybody has slept on them. I slept on them too. Remember the first couple episodes? I shot all over them. Look at oh, them. Oh, absolutely. Shumper yeah, they're a company. They're doing really well. They're doing very well, and they're playing the fastest uh, in the NBA uh, on. Saturday, uh, the Raps are back at home, and they're going to face the Knicks, who are not very good. They are three and eight, thirteenth. Well, we knew that. <laughs> yeah, no, they they're thirteenth in the East, uh, and their rookie Knox is uh, their last in this last game. They only played about four minutes, so I think that kid is pretty good. Uh, I hope to see him uh, play more um, on Saturday, and then on Monday. You got mm-hmm. the the Pelicans coming to town. They aren't doing the best either. They're kind of disappointing with four and six record, twelve in the West. Have they lost six in a row? Because they started off four and or four and zero, oh, didn't they? Did they really? Wow, damn! I don't know, but I yeah, mean, they were one of the undefeated teams along with us at Detroit originally. The Bucks. Oh god. Huh. Oh, well, they, Anthony Davis ha- has hasn't been playing at all. I mean, he's he's been injured uh, yeah. as usual. And I think he came back the last uh, last game, and he only got like twenty and twelve, which is pretty good numbers. But for a superstar, like I don't know, that's not really going to win you. That, that's going to put you twelfth in the West for MVP and, candidate, as people were predicting. Exactly. And then on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, next Wednesday, you got the Pistons, the return of DC. And now they are actually playing pretty well, but it looks uh, they're ninth in the East, they're four and five, but. 
the only people that looks like they'd be playing well is Blake Griffin and uh, Andre Drummond uh, and I guess Dwayne Casey. So we're going to get to see Casey coach of the year. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of emotions. I hope they do something in on, on the Jumbotron. I hope so. Yeah, because regardless of the fact that he was fired, it was not even a mercy firing because that makes it sound like, you know, he had to be like, oh, because he did something wrong. It was a business decision, but it wasn't out of malice. It was because Masai felt up against the wall and said, okay, my job's on the line. We've got to make big moves, money moves, game-winning moves. What are we going to do? And he pulled two of the biggest moves in franchise history, getting rid of Dwayne Casey and trading DeMar uh, in a very um, nefarious way, as we recall. But having said that, yeah, there better be some love for Dwayne Casey because regardless of whatever faults he had enough to get removed, he has been excellent for the organization. And I, I would argue there are so many different ways. I'll just go with one because I think a lot of Raptors fans already know why he was great. The fact that Nick Nurse is doing so well right now, I'd argue that he learned a lot from from Casey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean... Dwayne Casey, there, there is not going to be a J versus around this one. Dwayne Casey is by far the best Raptors coach we've ever had. And yeah. it's it's going to be quite some time until we see someone surpass his legacy as the Toronto Raptors coach. But until then, uh, Andreas, where can we find you? You can find me at Andreas Babs. And of course, you can find the podcast at That's a Rap Pod on That's Twitter. It. You Where can, can find, find you and the podcast. You can find myself, uh, JLone20 on Twitter, and you can find this podcast, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play. You can find us everywhere. And when you do, please subscribe to us. Please leave us reviews. Leave, leave us comments. Tell us who won, J versus Dre. Tell us some tea because we always want to spill tea every week too. Help us try to uh, gain as many Raptors fanatics uh, as we can because, you know, we the North, boys. That's a wrap. Don't be Kyrie. The Earth is round. <laughs> Later.